I practiced and practiced and spent hours. I was actually going to bring the guitar here this morning. I completely forgot because I still have it. And I would practice my hammer-ons and practice my scales and my tapping. And, and I wanted to do all that kind of stuff because if you wanted to be in a heavy metal band, you needed to be able to play really, really fast because all the heavy metal bands played super fast. Well, the dream never quite materialized. And uh, I ended up actually getting married and having some kids. But in my late 20s, some opportunities, I still, I've always been a musical guy. In my late 20s, some opportunities started to come along. I met some guys that knew how to play, and pretty soon um, we formed a band, and there was about four of us in this band. And uh, it was kind of like a, it was a kind of like hard rock slash punk rock slash worship band, <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, because most of the gigs that we played were, were for church youth events. And we were pretty good. We were writing some stuff. Even ended up actually doing some traveling. Um, even uh, recorded uh, like a mini album, an EP. And we called ourselves free of charge. Because uh, for most of the time we weren't getting paid a thing. So we thought, hey, it's kind of a cool name. FOC for short. Um, but the longer I was in the band, the more I started to realize there was this tension that was rising in me. On the one hand, I had this dream... But on the other hand, I had a marriage and three children at the time under the age of five who I was completely smitten with. And the guys in the band, they were just wanting to practice and practice and practice, practice every night. They just wanted to practice for hours and get really, really good. And just, they wanted to set up more gigs on the road. But me, I just wanted to be home with my family. And my priorities had shifted a lot. And uh, sleeping on the road with three other dudes or sleeping in the bed with my beautiful bride, um, enjoying the shallow hollering and, and applause from, from fans who didn't really know me, or spending time with my kids who adored me, who I'd spend the rest of my life with. These decisions, to me, kind of, it's kind of a no-brainer. And the pressure, though, was building fr from the other guys in the band until one day I drew a line, and uh, I made like one of the Shark Tank uh, folks, and then said, guys, I'm out. Um, I only have so much time, I only have so much energy, I have certain priorities, and being in a rock and roll band just isn't one of them anymore. And, you know, we all have these moments in our lives where there's pressure or there's tension um, between what's us and what, what's not us, between what's our responsibility and what's not our responsibility, between what's the right way to go and what's the wrong way to go. And in these moments, we don't always know exactly where we need to, where we need to draw the line. Um, maybe you're, you're a young couple, and you have young children, and every time you attempt to get some quality time in with your spouse, or you attempt to get some quality time in with your kids, um, you, your, your phone starts to ring, and it's either the boss from work, or it's that, that person who always seems to call at the worst times, and you kind of have a tension there. You want to answer the phone. You want to be that good employee or that good family member or that good friend. But on this, on this hand over here, you want to be spending some time with your, your wife and with your kids. And you're thinking, I just can't, um, I just can't pick up the phone because my family is going to be completely bummed out. But you don't want to disappoint the person who's calling you. Or maybe you're a parent with teenagers or young adults living in the home. You've been at work all day, and when you left, the house was spotless, but when you get home, it's like a tornado hit the place. Um, plates are everywhere, 
peanut butter and jelly is, is smeared all over the counter. The lights are all on. The dog is moaning because he hasn't gone pee all day. And meanwhile, the kids are completely oblivious, just laying on the couch with their phones, earplugged on, unless, uh, like, like nothing else is, is going on in the world. By the way, this has never happened in my home, ever. <laughs> and in that moment, though, what happens? Tension rises up. And a line that needs to be drawn, but, but where do you draw that line? And then, of course, there's the, the big tension that a lot of people around the world are dealing with when it comes to, to the V word, <laughs> vaccines. Um, you have those on one side who are saying, there ain't no stinking way that anybody's going to tell me what to do and, and tell me to put a jab in my, my arm or whatever. But then you have other people on this side who are saying, what, you're coming into my workplace and potentially getting me sick because you won't get a job? That's where I draw the line. And there's, there are all kinds of situations like this in life where there's, there's pressure and there's tension. We feel this way for good reasons because we sense that, that maybe you, you sense that something's not right or maybe you sense that you're being taken advantage of or maybe a, a situation arises and you feel like you're not being true to yourself or you're being manipulated, whatever it might be, and we're not sure exactly where we need to, to draw the line. And today we're starting a new series, and the series is called Where, where to Draw the Line. And it's a series that's all about boundaries. It's about boundaries. And we're living in a time where maybe more than ever, people's boundaries have either just been completely destroyed, or at worst, they've just become fuzzy. And some of the boundaries, um, maybe you've, you're, you're a parent, and the last two years, the whole all the boundaries that you had at one time around screens are just gone. And, and you, you're, there's a tension there. You're feeling like something needs to change. And then there's all the boundaries that, that we have around what's right and wrong, what, what do you need to stand up for, and, and where do you need to just draw the line in the sand. And these are all boundary issues. They're all boundary issues. How do you know where to draw the line? And so as we head into this series, um, just to be clear on the front end, this is not going to be a series about Rich standing up here and telling you where to draw the line on hot-button issues that are happening in our world today. That's not, that, that's not what the series is going to be about. But what it is going to be about is, is helping you know how to draw the line in your own life so that you can follow the Holy Spirit's leading in your life when it comes to, to, where, to draw, where to draw the lines. In the physical world, we see, we see the importance of boundaries quite clearly. Boundaries are, are everywhere in the physical world. Um, on a large level, you have a nation, and the border is the boundary. There's a good reason why if you go north or you check out your map, the, the, the bay between the straddling the U.S. and Canada is called Boundary Bay because it's, it's the boundary. It tells you uh, where Canada ends and where America begins. And then within a nation, of course, you've got states. In all of our states, we have boundaries. And if you go south, the Columbia River, it marks the boundary, right, between, between uh, Washington and Oregon. And then there's the very important boundaries of our homes. It's wall, the, the walls around our house, they, they're, they're a boundary. They tell you where, what's your property and what's not your property begins and ends. Um, just outside your, your house is another boundary, your yard, often marked with a fence or a hedge of some sort. Inside of your house, there's boundaries as well. Um, probably the most important boundary for teenagers is what? The door to their room. Um, if you cross that boundary without knocking, you will, it'll be like you just walked into Fort Knox, there will be some sirens going off, and because you've just crossed a boundary. Um, I just was, uh, realized yesterday that I have a boundary when I'm driving that I never thought was a boundary before, and that's my, my, the doors to my truck. 
and and I realized it was a boundary because I had just dropped my kid dropped my kids off at Summit in Bellingham, and it's kind of drizzling outside, and so I drop them off and. I go to the back to kind of turn around, and as I'm driving along, all of a sudden, my back door flings open. I'm still moving at this point, and I turn around, and the word of a lie, here's this big dude, long scraggly hair, long beard, wearing nothing but a kilt, no shirt, no pants, no socks, no shoes, rain glistening off his hairy chest. And he's, he's very frantically asking me if I'm his Uber ride into someplace down south. I'm like, I am not your guy, and I just keep on moving. It was a very scary situation. Only in Bellingham, right? Only in Bellingham. And then, of course, you have the, the boundary that is your, your, your physical self, Right? Um, when you were first born, you, the, the, the physical boundary between you and your mom was not really even there. You're, just, you're tight. When, when, when mom would leave you at first and leave you with dad, maybe that, that was, was uncomfortable. But then as kids, we grow up, and what happens, the boundaries, they're still there, but they get wider and wider and wider until pretty soon you're dropping your kid off at middle school, and you better not think about walking that middle schooler up to the front door. That's the boundary. And this is good, by the way. Because as your child gets older, they need to establish their own boundaries, right? And, and uh, when you see a 30-year-old man-child living in dad and mom's basement, playing video games all day with no job, what's that an issue of? That's, that's a boundary issue. And, and, and guess who's got the issue? It's not the man-child. It's actually dad and mom who have the boundary issue. They need to put up a boundary, draw the line in the sand so their, their child can go flourish in the world. We have boundaries, and we know they're good, and we know that they're important. And uh, the reason why, well, there's a few reasons why they're important. And as we're going through this series, there's, there's one book that's probably going to be, uh, for me, it's going to be a, a constant reference in this series. And, and a lot of you have probably read this book. It's a book that was written back in 1992, almost 30 years ago, by two guys named John Townsend and, and Henry Cloud. And they wrote a book called Boundaries. That's it. It's called Boundaries. And it's had a, a pretty significant impact on a lot of people. Who's read that book? Anybody here read that book? A few of you have? Awesome. Well, throughout this series, it's one of the key books that I'll be using as a reference. In this book, though, they give, they give a few reasons why boundaries are so important. Um, one of the reasons is they let you know where you begin and where you end. Where do you begin and where do you end? Uh, we see how this works with physical property. That, that hedge, that fence, whatever, it lets you know where your property begins and where, where it ends. And it's, it's, it's a little easier, though, to figure that out when it comes to physical property. It's a little more difficult when it comes to figuring out where do you end and where do you begin when it comes to the boundaries of our heart and our soul and our mind. Where, where does that boundary, where, where is that? Where do I begin and where do I end? But having boundaries and knowing where to draw the line, it, it's so important. God says this in Scripture. He says in, in, in Proverbs 4.23, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Guard your heart. Over in the book of Acts, we, when, when Paul is giving some final instructions, as he's getting ready to leave this church, and he's talking there with some of the leadership of the church, and as he's giving 
um, some final instructions. He says this to the, the leadership. He says, pay careful attention to yourselves. Pay attention to yourselves. Other translations put it like this. It's, it's Paul saying, watch over yourselves. It's like God is saying, your heart, your mind, and your soul is, is kind of like a house. In the same way that you wouldn't be careless in watching over your house, you wouldn't slack off in watching over your house. God is saying, watch over yourself. Don't, don't become complacent. Have some boundaries when it comes to, to your soul. And from the very beginning, all the way back to the creation story, we see that, that boundaries are important to God. They're important to God. After God creates Adam, he establishes some boundaries. Um, he says this, he says, Be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. And he lets them know here what they are responsible for and by implication, what they're not responsible for. It, this is another reason why, why boundaries are important. It's because boundaries help you know what you're responsible for and what you are not responsible for. Without boundaries, you'll, you'll either um, take on too much responsibility, take on things that aren't yours to be responsible for, or you'll take on too little responsibility because you just won't have any boundaries. God comes to Adam and Eve, and he says, okay, here is what you are responsible for. You are responsible to fill the earth. You're responsible to subdue it. You're responsible to rule over it. He doesn't say that they're responsible to make all the animals get along. He doesn't come along and say, you're responsible to make sure that the sun is coming up. Um, no, those are all God's jobs. They have responsibilities, though, and we have responsibilities as well. Boundaries help us know what's ours to be responsible for and what is not ours to be responsible for. Scripture puts it like this in Galatians 2, in the first, the first probably five or six verses, it, it says some really good things about this. It says this, it says, Share each other's burdens, and in this way obey the law of Christ. So we have a responsibility not just to ourselves, but we have a responsibility to others, right? And everyone has burdens to carry that they can't carry on their own, and that's where we come alongside of one another, and we, as Scripture says, we carry one another's burdens. That's why... Uh, church is about so much more than just showing up to an event. It's actually about being in Christ-centered community with other people whose burdens you can carry and who can carry your burdens when you can't carry your burdens on your own. We have this responsibility to, to one another that, that we read about here in Scripture. And of course, Jesus is the, the, the supreme example of this. We were burdened with sin. We were, were, we were captive and broken because of sin, and we, we couldn't set ourselves free from that burden on our own, right? So what does Jesus do? He steps in when we need a Savior, and He goes to the cross, and, and He comes along and carries that, that burden for us. But then the Bible goes on to say here in Galatians 2, it says, not only share each other's burdens, but it says, pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done, and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. For we are each responsible for our own conduct. So we're called to re be responsible for others to a certain extent, which we'll talk about more in the series. But, but where people get into trouble is they forget that they have limits, that there are boundaries defining what is and what isn't theirs to be responsible for. And when you don't set good boundaries around what you're responsible for, priesting, you're going to find yourself saying yes to responsible responsibilities that aren't yours, 
like that, the, the parents with the man-child living there in the basement. Um, you'll find yourself enabling other people's irresponsible behavior, and, 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 and it just won't be good. And although it might seem loving to the parents who are letting the man-child live in the basement rather than kick him out to find a job, it's actually not loving because you're keeping him from living life to the full and from finding his purpose in the plan that God has for his life. Boundaries, they help you know what's yours to be responsible for and what isn't. And this is all good. It's all important. And then another reason that boundaries are important is because they help us keep the good in our lives and the bad out. They help you keep the good in your, your, your life and the bad out. Shortly after God helps mankind see what they're responsible for, he establishes another boundary, right? You know, after God's finished creating everything, he tells Adam and Eve, you can eat from any tree in this garden. Adam and Eve, just, just have a look around. Look at all these trees. We've got mango trees. We've got pear trees. We've got apple trees. We've got banana trees. We got, they're, they're all here. And Adam and Eve, I love you so much that I created all this for you. But there's one tree, just one tree, that you can't eat from. And he sets a boundary around this, this tree, and, 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 it's, and it's for good reason. It's because boundaries help you know, they help keep the bad out and the good in. And there are things that, that you just don't want in your life. There are things that if you let these things in, they're actually going to hurt you, and they're actually going to harm you. Things like greed, things like lust, things like pride, things like negativity, anxiousness. And when you find these things that are somehow making their way into your heart and into your soul, making it through the boundary, you need to redraw the line in the sand and get them out as soon as possible. There's a lot of ways that, that you can do that. One of the, the, the main ways is through confession. James 5, 16 says if you confess your sins to one another, what's going to happen? You're going to be healed. It's like you're, setting, you're putting that boundary out there and you're getting the bad out. And then there are things like, like, like gratitude that have a way of just getting rid of negativity and discontentment and anxiety, all those kinds of things. There's, there are things that you don't want in your life, and then there are things that, that, that you want in your life. Things like generosity, love, kindness, goodness, peace, servanthood. You want these in your life, and the best way to get the good in your life is, is, is not by putting the walls up, but by actually opening the walls, opening, opening up your life, and letting the good in. And the best way is by letting Jesus into your life, who is all those things, and boundaries help you, help you to do that. When we want to know how to live, the best place to look, it's always where? It's always to Jesus. And when, when we want to know, okay, what, what, how, do I, how do I create these boundaries? How do I know where to draw the line in the sand? How do, how do I live? Jesus is the best place to look. When he walked this earth, he was fully God and yet fully human. God, but at the same time, he, he was living within the boundaries of his humanity. And Jesus had, he had boundaries. And he knew that there were only 24 hours in the day. He knew that he only had so much energy. He knew that there were thousands of people just clamoring for his attention and wanting him to meet their needs and heal him, all that kind of stuff. And he knew that. There, that there were entire villages needing the gospel, and yet he lived life with a good rhythm. He knew where to draw the lines. He knew boundaries. He wasn't overextended, overburdened, so exhausted that he just couldn't go on any further. And we see him doing this in a few key ways. 
First thing is this, and it, as we look at Jesus here, it, it, it's going to teach us a lot about how we can begin thinking about boundaries, where to draw the line in our own lives. First thing that we see in Jesus is that he accepted personal limits. He accepted personal limits. He didn't try to do everything on his own. I mean, think about it. He's not only fully human, but he's fully God. But what does he do? He, he chooses, rather than go out and try to spread the gospel on his own, what does he do? He, he brings 12 guys around him, and they share in the responsibility of spreading the gospel. And then we have this picture of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. He is just overwhelmed. He's, he's sweating such intense, uh, such intense sweat that it's actually blood. And he's, he's, as he's just, as he's considering the cross that is right in front of him, and does he try in that moment to just like gut it out on his own and just press through all on his, on, all on his own? No. In fact, what he does, the Bible says, he looks to Peter, James, and John, and he says, stay here and keep watch with me. One of the personal limits that, that most people refuse to embrace in our crazy busy world is that they don't have endless amounts of energy. You know, is it just me that, that, that forgets this all the time? You, know, you, just, you just feel like it's all up to you. And you just you feel like all the, all the stuff in your family and, and all the stuff that, that, that's going on around you and there's this and that. And, and, and you can very quickly, if you're not careful, take on way too much responsibility thinking that you just don't have any limits. But you do have limits. You do have limits. You have limits to, to what you can and can't do. I was just talking with someone this weekend about even when it comes to our kids. You know, as parents, we often think that we are the ones that are going to make them live this way and make these important decisions in life. But the reality of it is, you can't. You have limits to what you can do in your kids' li lives and what only God can do in your kids' lives. But what do we do? We just, we don't, there's no boundaries. We just take it all on ourselves, and we just, we just don't understand that we have personal limits. Jesus knew that he had personal limits, and, and even when it came to recharging the batteries, that he knew that he needed to get away and he needed to rest. And if you're not resting, if you're just going, 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 chances are you don't realize that you have limits. You haven't accepted that. One time after feeding the 5,000 people, we see how Jesus, he dismisses the crowd, and the Bible says after leaving them, he went up on a mountainside to pray. He knew that he just could not do it all and just go, 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 that he needed to be refreshed, that he needed to be restored. That he, and so what does he do? He pulls away. He accepted his personal limits. Next, we see him saying no to inappropriate behavior. And, and this is a big part of what it means to set good boundaries. You know, letting your kids talk back to you all the time is not drawing the line very well. Cleaning up your neighbor's garbage that keeps blowing in your yard because they're not doing a great job of securing it, and you just clean it up all the time. Not setting a very good boundary because you're letting somebody else get away with inappropriate behavior. Letting a spouse disrespect you. Letting a boss treat you as if you have no value. Doing that kind of stuff all the time. Th those are signs that you don't have good boundaries in your life. That you're letting people get away with with inappropriate behavior. And we don't see that with Jesus. He didn't do that. And we see this in a, in a couple different ways. On, on more than one occasion, we see crowds just demanding Jesus' time and, and energy. 
you kind of understand why. I mean, here's this guy who shows up on the scene, and he's healing all the sick people. He's just setting people free. And so people were going after him. They were, they were actually getting to the place where they were demanding his time and his energy. And what does Jesus do? Well, listen to what the Bible says. It says, The news about him spread all the more so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. And did Jesus just like camp out and just nonstop, you know, 15, 16 hours a day, seven days a week, just be there to meet all these legitimate needs that people had? You know, the Bible says that, that Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and he prayed. He didn't let people demand his time and his energy. And then there were the times where, where people would try to manipulate him. A lot of his disciples, they had a plan for Jesus. Their plan for Jesus was that he would become a political king, that he would become a political leader, that he would set up his throne, and that he would just be this mighty ruler conquering all the, the, the Romans. And they tried to manipulate him into, into doing that. And Jesus says, nope, not the plan. I'm actually going to suffer a lot. To which Peter comes along and says, never. Jesus, that's never going to happen. And what does Jesus do? He draws a line in the sand, and he says, he looks at Peter, and in a pretty strong line, he says, get behind me, Satan. And what he was doing was he was setting up a boundary. Now, I wouldn't recommend using that line when your spouse disrespects you. It's not going to go super hot. <laughs> Don't try that at home. But, but Jesus says no to inappropriate behavior. He says no. He says, you're not, gonna, you, you, you're not going to manipulate me into being what you want me to be, and, and you're also not going to put all your demands on me and try to make me into something that I'm not called to be. He says no to inappropriate behavior. And then lastly, when, when it came to, to boundaries in Jesus, we see him teaching about boundaries all the time. Does he ever call them boundaries? Does he ever use the, the, the line, drawing a line in the sand? No, he doesn't say that, but, but he is talking about boundaries. There's a time that he says to the disciples— he, he says, be honest and direct. Um, simply let your yes be yes and your no, no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. It's a boundary. Be a person of your word. Put that line in the sand. Yes, be yes. No, be no. On another occasion, he taught them about boundaries when it came to priorities. He says, no servant can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. And why did he do all this? Why did Jesus teach about these, these boundaries all the time. It's because boundaries matter. Knowing where to draw the line matters. Knowing what you're responsible for and what you're not responsible for, it matters so, so much. And if your heart and your soul and your mind are like a home, it has real boundaries, doors, fences, gates. If that's what your heart and your mind and your soul are like, how have you been doing? How have you been doing when it comes to drawing clear boundary lines around your heart and your mind and your soul? Have you just been carrying the weight of the world? Maybe you've just been taking on responsibilities that aren't yours to carry, and you're just wondering why, why you're so burdened, why it's just constant heaviness, why you're just constantly anxious. Maybe it's because the boundary lines are not clear, and Jesus is inviting you today to lay those burdens down at his feet to let him carry those burdens for you. Maybe for some of those, those maybe those, those burdens 
that he wants to take from you. It's just, it's to, it's to remind you that he's Lord, that he's God, that he's God Almighty, that, that he, he's got this. For somebody else, you've been letting all kinds of bad into your life. Not a lot of good, but you're just letting a lot of bad into your life. You have not put that boundary around your, your heart and your mind and your soul that's saying no to sin, no to greed, no to lust, whatever it might be, and, and sin is, is running rampant. And you know what that is? It's, 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 it's a boundary problem. Maybe it's things like negativity. Maybe it's discontentment. Maybe with everything going on, it's just, it's fear. You've got so much fear. And, and it's not, it's because there's not a good boundary in your life. And God today is inviting you to be set free, to come out from under those heavy, dark clouds and to, to let him be your peace, to let him be the one who is, is, your, the, is the king of your heart instead of all that stuff. To let the good in, to let Jesus in, to let Jesus in. As I was this morning just kind of thinking about this, and, and uh, you know, sometimes, honest, honest little word here, sometimes I get to Sunday, and I don't really quite know how we're going to conclude the message. And hopefully by the time I get up here, it's, it comes together. And, but um, this morning as I was just kind of praying through, okay, God, how do you want to, to wrap this thing up this morning, and where should I go with this? Um, I just kept, the, the line that I woke up hearing this morning was this, and it's, it's, it's probably a line that a lot of you have heard before, and that's this, the, the church is the hope of the world. The church is the hope of the world. I believe that with all my heart. And, and I think today, in this day and age, it's more important than ever because you may not realize this, but the church recently has gotten a pretty bad rap, and, uh, and, and maybe at, at one point, and this is happening more and more, and it's going to continue to happen more and more, or at one time, maybe uh, being a part of the church was seen as respectable and good, and um, it's, it's, that's changing. Probably a lot of you have seen that, that that's changing. And I felt like God just this morning wanted to just remind me, Rich, the church is the hope of the world. What this city, what Ferndale needs more than anything else is for the church to realize that and not to hold back, but to let the, the, the light shine. Okay, but where, Rich, what does all that have to do with boundaries? Well, here's why. It's be, boundaries matter not just for your own health, not just for your, your own sanity, not just so that you can, you can stay grounded, but they actually matter because if your heart is not guarded, if you're not mindful of what you're letting in and what you're letting out, you will, you'll be like a castle. You've probably seen this on, on the movies, maybe Lord of the Rings, whatever. But you'll be like a castle that is overrun with, by the enemy. And when a castle gets overrun by the enemy, when the enemy comes in past the boundary lines and just invades that castle, it, it's no longer about taking ground back and going on the offense. All of a sudden, it's just simply about survival. Just trying to, trying to stay, stay alive. And we are not called to just survive as the church. Can I get an amen? We're not called to just survive as the church. We're actually called to be a light in the darkness. To not just be hunkering down and trying to get through all the craziness and all the stuff that's going on in our world. We're not just called to hunker down and survive. We are actually called to go and be the hope of the world. To go and be 
a light, to go and be peace to our families and to our fellow students and to our friends who are just struggling in the middle of all the craziness and the chaos. We're called to be the light of Jesus wherever we go and wherever, wherever we're, we're at. And we can't do that if there are no boundaries, if the boundaries in our lives have been overrun. We can't do that. Where have you let boundaries slip? Where have you let boundaries slip? Maybe as we're going through this morning, you're just going, ah, here's something that, it's, yeah, slipped here. It's over here. It's over here. Maybe it's just, maybe it's in the way that you keep saying yes to inappropriate behavior from friends, family. Maybe it's in the way that you're just taking on too much responsibility. Maybe it's in the way that you're just letting sin overrun your heart. Where have you let boundaries slip? Where have you let them slip? Where have you been busy so busy saying yes to the stuff that doesn't matter that you've ended up saying no to the stuff that does matter. Where have you let the boundary slip? Today, God is inviting you and inviting me to come to Him and to let Him, to let Him restore the boundaries in our, in our hearts, our souls, in our minds, so that we can be free in Him, so that we can have the life that He gives, and so that we can then in turn be a church that is not in survival mode, but, but we are in Let's go be a light mode. Let's go and be a light. Would you pray with me this morning? Heavenly Father, God, I think if, if, we're, if, we're, if we're honest this morning, Jesus, we all get to the place in our lives. God, where we just let the boundaries, we let the boundaries just slip away. And where we're like, we're like somebody who has a house and, and, we just let everything in, and, and God, it seems crazy to even think about that happening in, in the physical world because we keep those pretty strong boundaries around our, our home and our, our lives. But, but God, we do it all the time when it comes to our heart, mind, and soul. God, we let, we let the boundaries just slip and fade. And, and God, maybe there's somebody here this morning that for the first time, they're, they're just even seeing this idea of boundaries, and they're going, wow, so much in my life is making sense all of a sudden. Because I've never had boundaries. I've never thought about how I actually have limits to what I'm responsible for and what I'm not responsible for. God, may that, may, may that just in itself today set somebody in this room free, somebody watching online free, set them free from that weight that they've been carrying that's never been theirs to carry in the first place. God, let, let, it, let their heart and their soul just be, even in this moment, God, I pray that the truth of that would just set them free from the burden that they're carrying, that they are not responsible to carry every burden in this world, that they have limits, God-given limits. But God, we get to those places in life where, God, we just, we, we, we let the boundaries fall away. And Father, I pray, Lord, that you would show us God, if, if you haven't already, God, I pray that in this moment, God, you'd be, you'd be speaking to us. God, where have the boundaries slipped? Where have we not been drawing the right, land, uh, the right line in the sand? God, where have, have we just been letting all kinds of stuff in that we shouldn't be letting in? Father, show us. And then, God, this morning, we bring those things to you. We bring them to you. God, we lay them at your feet and ask, God, that you would bring restoration. God, where, where, where the boundaries have been broken down, that, God, you would begin to restore. And, Jesus, I pray, Lord, that, 
that God for each of us that Jesus you would you would help us in our own heart mind and soul God to have the kind of boundaries that make it so that we're, we're just not living day by day in survival mode but but Lord we we're able to actually be a people that is being a light uh, to be a people that that is that is going out into our our schools going into our neighborhoods in our workplaces and we're able to do that from a, a healthy place we have something to give because we've got we've got healthy boundaries so father help us in that i pray help us in this i pray and lord as a church i just want to pray god that you would help us god to be as a whole god to be a light here in our community and father i just gotta think of that that verse in second corinthians 4 god where god just talks about lord how we are god we sometimes we're crushed god sometimes we're knocked down but god in you we're we're not we're not destroyed god because we have you we have this treasure in jars of clay and we're able to go and let your light shine and god i pray lord that we would be god those people god here in our city god may, may we be people who let your light shine not people who are just weary and burdened but god we're people who who have who have been with you spent time with you god we've put those those right boundaries in our lives so that we can we can give back to others god help us to do that and god i pray lastly this morning i want to pray god for anybody that's here this morning god who's just feeling god who's just feeling weary god maybe it has maybe it's a boundary issue god maybe it's something else but god i just want to ask that lord this morning you would pour in your strength god pour in the life that only your holy spirit can bring and god i pray that you would raise them up god raise them up in you i pray in jesus name amen Awesome, awesome.